It's showtime, it's your time It's game time, it's go time You got one shot at a gold mine If you're not taking time out of your day to learn about Black history, are you really happy it's Black History Month? Nope. Let's elaborate on that. Exactly. Like, there's always something new to learn. Like, in the process of uh, research for this podcast, I found out there was a Black National Anthem. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. But yes, guys, it's finally Black History Month. I could scream, but like my ancestors probably want me to, but (laughs) But I'm not going to do it. Not today, at least. Not today. But um, I'm Devon Land, a senior at DMLK, where we kicked off Black History Month with the cha-cha slide. Hey. Oh, nah. You did not dance that day. <laughs> <laughs> you stood into the side, did nothing. Look, my rhythm, y'all started turning, and my rhythm got off, so I just stepped out. I feel All right, All right then. Hey, it's Obina Chris Galata here. I'm a senior at DMLK. I'm Jaleesa Cooper, senior at East High School. You know, hey, Lolo. I'm Mackenzie Lamont. I'm a senior at East High School, too. What up? It's Deanna. I'm a senior at Montbello High School. And I'm Justine Tipton, class of 2025, repping Warriors Pride. Let's go. I'm very excited to hear from you guys. I think this will be a chance we can hear different perspectives about the topics we're going to discuss. So let's get into it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask the first question. So what is, um, what does Black Voices in Color podcast mean to you? Or how do you plan to use this platform, you know, to talk about your issues? I'll start off with that. Um, to me, um, the Black and Voice in Color podcast provide me an opportunity to step out of my comfort zone because I want to be comfortable being uncomfortable so I can challenge myself in the process mm-hmm. so that I can be able to showcase my skills but also leave a mark on the world because that's something I'm about. Mm-hmm. And that reminded me of a quote that MLK said. I think it went off by that a man should do his work so well that the living, the dead, and the unborn can do it no better. And that's mm-hmm. something I strive to, ex- to strive for excellence in that. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that for you. Thank you. Um, but, oh. The, I think the Black and like Black Colors and Voice podcast is just really a place for Black students to like come together and share our like similar experiences or even different experiences that we've all like seen out in the world or at school or anything like that. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, but like the Black Student and Voice podcast for me, like I didn't know what I was stepping into when I came into doing this, but like knowing this knowledge that we're studying and gaining, like I feel more comfortable like being able to get on this platform and being able to share like the point of view of a black individual mm-hmm. yes exactly mm. yeah, speaking okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't play with jolie preaching but yeah i agree i think we can use this platform to like set a new standard especially mm-hmm. like for this month like what black history month means to us as well as like other things we can reset stereotypes or even improve our mindsets as like teens not only for black students in dps but like mm-hmm. people outside of that Black Voices in Color, being in this podcast for two years has helped me become more confident with myself as Mm. a young black individual. Like Mm. last year, I was so scared to talk about black topics because it was always a fear of, oh, well, what if somebody else gets offended? But it's like, like this is your life. This is this is my truth. This is what I'm speaking. So if you get offended, then you you don't you don't want to listen that's what that is exactly and like i definitely feel like this is like a safe space for black students to have those conversations like you never really get the opportunity Mm -hmm. to have in school Mm. like out of what like what she said like fear of you know just getting shut out or like ostracized Um, mm -hmm. but um today as i mentioned briefly before is our black history month special episode so we're gonna jump right in what does black history mean to y'all 
Black History Month is really just about celebration of black people mm-hmm. everywhere, like across the world, not even just America. So I just feel like we shouldn't focus on like traumatic things that we've experienced. Because right. in my experience, like around Black History Month, that's all I would hear about is like all the things that we went through and like all the things that brought us down. But why not talk about stuff that brought us up? Like why not talk about yes. stuff that like, <laughs> like why not talk about stuff that like we enjoy doing, like celebrate our culture, not like our tragedies. Our our, right, stuff. our traumas. Yes. And I love that you said that because I feel like it goes unnoticed. Like mm-hmm. all of the successful people that we do have in our community. And like don't like get me wrong, like they should be educated on like the history that we've been through. But there's a positive side to it. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. I love that we have a month to like celebrate ourselves and we're able to like, you know, like I'm black, I'm here, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Exactly. But then on the other side, like we're black every day, so <laughs> we're always <laughs> celebrating. Come yeah, on. Exactly. Yes. I love being able to celebrate my blackness because like I'm a beautiful black young woman and I can proudly say that. And I'm like, I love being able to say that. Like, mm-hmm. exactly. I'm. I don't know. I just love being able to say, like, yes, I'm here and I'm black and I love that I'm black. Mm-hmm. And I love that we celebrate our black people. Like, we don't Come just on. celebrate our black people in Black History Month. We celebrate it all the time. But when we do celebrate in Black History Month, it means so much more. Like, mm-hmm. we actually, no one can sit there and be like, oh, y'all need to stop celebrating because we got a whole month for it. So yeah, it's like, right. everybody's yeah, celebrating exactly. us too. Yeah, and like just what Black history has mean to me, it's just celebration, a time of joy, and just like acknowledging our ancestors and the battle scars that they have gained, have gotten, to just the battle scars that they have got. Like, and we have to acknowledge that, and I want us to acknowledge it through like books and just acknowledgement in general. Exactly. And I totally agree with you, Mackenzie, about like sharing, I mean, acknowledging our battle, not our battle scars, but like Mm -hmm. the not the trauma. Like we should be able to like Like oh exactly like just like yeah. Like I'm trying to say something, I'll come back to it. Exactly. I'll come back to it because I definitely have something something more to say. So for me, um Black History Month meant like an uh, important time to like o- not only educate ourselves on our history, our mm-hmm. culture and traditions, of course, but also that if we don't educate ourselves, that's when we run into the trouble of, you know, misinformation, lies parading right. our, around our lives, mm-hmm. saying that we, that, you know, the lies that we don't got history, even though we got plenty yeah, of it. Yeah. And it reminds me of a quote. I've seen a lot of quotes today. <laughs> I love that. Exactly. But um, it reminds me of this quote that um, by the time the the truth has put on its shoes, the lie has already made it across the world. Mm-hmm. So to me, that meant that we sh- that even though we hear this and this and this, we shouldn't be quick to all this information. We should be able to put on our, our, our thinking hats yeah. <laughs> and, start, and start searching for that truth. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, but I feel like this reminds me of that, um, something I read in class is that, um, in most black families, there's a lack of a father in the household, a fatherless pandemic, if you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And I'll make the connection. But um, due to you know the child not having a father, they lack that fatherly experience that cannot be replicated else, elsewhere. So the child has to go else, somewhere else, like school maybe, to look for that fatherly mm-hmm. figure. Right. The same thing applies in the in the some families, black families in the U.S. that some 
families, black history is not being taught in there. Right. And child's ha children have to rely on school to learn about their history. Right. And school, either it does it perfect or not, it shouldn't have to get to that point. It mm -hmm. should be taught in the household, not exactly. outside of it. Yeah. yeah I like that's like generational misinformation. Yeah. Like right. Not, it's not just like the father, like it's mothers and fathers and their mothers and fathers who have been miseducated over hundreds of years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So do you guys think like now it's our job to educate ourselves and then maybe yeah. educate yeah. our families? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I feel like it yeah. should start in the community so that we feel proud enough to celebrate our culture and so that other minorities can like listen and just agree upon that. So yeah, it just definitely. start in the community, the black yeah. communities. Like what Obina said, with educating ourselves, I think sometimes a lot of people tend to focus on like a lot of materialistic things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, do I have the latest stuff on all of that instead of like focus on our uh, history and like what we exactly. do. Right. Exactly. Speaking yeah. of, I don't think you got to share. But oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so for me, I just think it's like taking time to celebrate our black accomplishments. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But not just like, you know, like the civil rights movement, slavery, you know, getting out of slavery, is what I try to say. But um, specifically, like the ones that aren't taught in schools, mm -hmm. like um, Charles Richard Drew, for example, he was a doctor during World War II, mm -hmm. and he actually made a discovery um, that opened the first blood bank. So oh, he wow. took a, yeah, plasma out of blood, and it preserved it longer somehow. Okay, Charles. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Charles. Yeah, he ended up saving thousands of lives in and out of World War II. Mm -hmm. And see, we nobody knew that because they don't teach that. We don't mm -hmm. talk about that. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like, you know, it, I think people would be surprised to know that um, Black History Month and other, you know, like, you know, Hispanic Heritage Month, mm -hmm. AAPI Month, Native Americans mm -hmm. were based on this model that we have that Black History Month was it would gain inspiration from that model. So that's something I learned in class that was so inspirational. Mm -hmm. And that Carter G. Woodson started that movement, Black History Month, to be all about the truth and also spreading change and rebellion so mm -hmm. that people know their history. Definitely, it's doctor mm -hmm. though, you can't forget doctor. the doctor. Oh yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah, Dr. Carter yeah. G. Woodson was the father of Black History Month and he grew up in 1875, like just a decade oh, after there. slavery. Dang. Yeah. Wow. But he was still able to go to Harvard and get his doctorate. So I know that's right. But his mm. education was denied because his achievements weren't good enough to other people. So he had to like work twice as hard to mm. kind of be recognized. So. Definitely. And that's like the typical life of a black man, of a black person, period. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. you always have to Show up push your yourself and work harder than everybody else. Mm -hmm. Go above and beyond. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I don't see it as a negative because it means that we have to outperform and even do even better and that we have to be a leader in our communities. Definitely. Right. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. Sometimes I do feel like even though we do have to push ourselves harder, I feel like we shouldn't have to push ourselves harder. Mm -hmm. I feel like we should just be able to to push. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit disappointing to have to like like overwork ourselves yeah. to and then yeah. to receive the bare minimum. Yeah. Like, okay. But we're gonna have a guest, Miss um, Roberts, joining us. So mm -hmm. I'm gonna give you some quick black facts. <laughs> um, quick black fact one is okay. Denver related. So a Grammy-winning artist, Lecrae, graduated from DMLK. Very good. Okay, but we got we got Pam Greer and Don Cheadle. So. As oh, angels. Just give us some angels time. Repping. Okay. Yeah, give us some time. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. 
either way, the great either way, greatness has always come from us like being able to like, you know, look for a cause like more out there. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, in Denver Public Schools, like our podcast streams on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Amazon Music, sorry, <laughs> and DPS YouTube channels. And also you can find links to what you have on the listening app on the Denver Public Schools podcast.buzzsprouts.com. This Black History Month, this conversation is going to get a little deep because unlike other cultures, Black people were stolen from Africa and enslaved in a country that doesn't define them and eliminates their contributions Mm. and makes billions of dollars off of it. Mm. So she can be called many different things, hardworking, determined, a little sassy, but I won't go there. But personally, I look at her as a mentor. She's truly amazing. And she goes above and beyond in what every kid she contacts comes in contact with. And she's just an amazing person overall. Miss Roberts. Do not play with Miss Roberts. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. East High School leader. And she was the original members, helped the original members of the No Justice, No Peace podcast and helped them to get to, like, overall. Where they are now. Exactly, of the podcast. Mm-hmm. And she helped pass the resolution as well. Mm. So, Miss Roberts, thank you for being here. How are you doing today? <laughs> it's so good to be here. I'm so proud of y'all. Thank you. Like, thank you. So thank you. loved and appreciated. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. So, like, can we just ask, like, what inspires you? What makes you so passionate about Black History Month? I would say not knowing my own history mm. before entering into the world. Right. Like once you hit a certain age, the world becomes super unforgiving. You don't get as many tries. And so you really begin to clean up stuff from not knowing who you are. Mm -hmm. And once you identify that, you're like, okay, let me put some boundaries in place. Let me put some rules in place, because now I know who I am. I know my power and my voice and your self-worth and and your self-worth. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just being an educator. So I began um, in education because I went to college on a third grade reading level and I was like nope I'm gonna make sure I challenge myself um, because I don't want other students who look like me to have the same experience Mm -hmm. without realizing like I'm actually growing or I actually went to school in Colorado um, and all of my students needed the same type of education like that same type of nurturing and love Um, and so just wanting to ensure that they, they had that right they had that they had the strategies that I taught myself when I was in college. They had the confidence. They had the work ethic, right? So building those parameters for them um, is is my why. Just like allowing them to create and build futures to be well off in the long run. That's exactly it. Awesome. Mm. If I'm not wrong, you grew up in the South, right? I did. Smyrna, Georgia. Yes. Look at you remembering me. (laughs) (laughs) But what's the difference between the South and like, like, what differences do you see between Denver and... Social norms, for sure. Mm. Social norms. And I would say, like, all of my educators were black Mm -hmm. in the South. Um, And so that was definitely different. Um, There was this nurturing aspect and not, like, the savior aspect. Mm -hmm. Um, Here, I definitely see the savior aspect. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas there, it's that nurturer, like, we love you. We're your aunties, your moms, your uncles, you know. (laughs) We're all the things. And so you knew, no matter where you went, that the village was truly there. I think, like, well, going to DMLK and you, you were there, I feel like you guys definitely built that community. Mm-hmm. 
So like I can say like oh yes yeah oh yes I that's what makes DMLK such a special place to people mm -hmm. um, for for students yeah. um, the mm -hmm. community right like they knew where the hub was mm -hmm. um, so absolutely. I'm glad we snatched her up and got All her right. <laughs> she created her own little space exactly. here. Exactly. I'm in her classroom every day. Every day. Every day. All periods and all. After school, I walk with her out the door. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I love it. And I truly appreciate it. I, I want to um, say that I, I watched y'all's last, uh, the last segment that you all did. And I'm extremely proud of the knowledge that you have. When you begin to know where you come from, right? Again, as you stated, no one can take your identity from you. It builds that self-worth. Um, I am currently teaching African-American literature. And one of the things that stuck with me that made me want to learn, learn the novels and, and the, um, the authors is a quote that was, I'll be not you and your quotes, which I love, <laughs> a little mini philosopher over here. Um, you want to hide something from a black person, you put it in a book. Mm. Extremely oh, disrespectful, yeah. oh, right? Yeah. Extremely disrespectful. Mm -hmm. But when we read, we don't understand what we're reading for. We read to do a task. We skim mm -hmm. and scan, right? And so it's important that we find a book that, that sits with us. It's important that we find, like, a list of novels that we can add to our, our book list, right? Like, I remember at DMLK, we, um, teachers were required to have uh, their books that they read mm -hmm. outside of their classrooms. And I was like, oh. First year, my book, my list had like one on it. And I was like, can I use the books that my kids read? I was teaching seventh grade. And I was like, okay, now you're being real childish, right? So then I said, let me, let me up my book game. Um, and so I make sure that my students have at least five novels read in the first semester. Whether or not we are diving deep into it, my expectation is that you're having conversations and you're well-versed on authors. Um, and, but that's where our history started right like that's where our history began to be noted slave narratives stories that are now being um published right so that's where we get a lot of our information from that's where that misinformation can't be misinformed because we know who wrote it where it came from and they trusted their words so much that they held they held them close People couldn't, just like hair products now, we use shame, right? People couldn't just buy their book and change their words, you know, so um, that, that's, that's a lot of my why. Okay. That was so beautiful. That was <laughs> so beautiful. Yes. Amazing. That really was. I feel like when you talked about the, the South, like how there's a strong, like, it's like a family. Mm -hmm. it, it reminds me of like going to Nigeria and how the minute I, I, first time when I was like four years old, I went to Nigeria stepped down everyone was like yo my brother how you doing and I was like oh oh okay like, I was like wow I already made friend <laughs> it's it, I feel like it's so amazing that all the worries like I don't know these people I don't know who they are and then immediately yo you're part of the family now yeah like it, it's just it's powerful and I feel like that's something that you you just won't know until you experience that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you feel as though it's really different from the way it's like in America just like yeah, I feel like because we all see each other as brothers and sisters, exactly. we, like we're just because we don't because when you see someone as a, a stranger, you put them as, oh, we don't know them. Mm -hmm. But we like I, all I need to know from you is that, yo, we can be chill. And that's all that is. That's all there is. Yeah, I have a question about that. that. So I feel like there's obviously a culture shock when it comes to black Americans versus African-Americans. Um, I wanted to know more about this. Anybody can answer this, but more about your experience. Like, do you feel like 
Africans identify like or they relate more to the, like the black struggle like in America or are they just like oh oh well it's not my problem like how do you feel about that so because I was you know raised here in America but I have two parents who were raised in you know Nigeria mm-hmm. what they've taught me is that um they taught me that you know being here in America that being you know the experiences that you're told like yo you're black you're this that um the identity doesn't really stick because in Nigeria, you know, we all, some would say, oh, we look the same, but we differentiate each other based on our ethnicity, our tribe. And, you know, right. it's like that kid from another neighborhood. Like, mm-hmm. we see each other as that, not by like skin color. That's an American thing they would, they would call that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if that makes sense to you. Yeah, yeah. culture. Yeah. And then to tie it back to Miss Roberts, he, I noticed you mentioned your tribe. So mm-hmm. what are like your tools that you're building for your tribe? Because I mean, like you seem like a very resilient individual. And I love like your story about, you know, educating and pushing more for yourself. Mm-hmm. So what are your tools like for building a tribe, I guess, at East High School? I'd say I bring in my upbringing. So in the South, like we speak. I, every student, I don't care who you are. I, Hello, how you doing? Good morning. Right, I speak to you. Um, if you need something, I make sure that you know that I am a mandatory reporter, but <laughs> I am a safe space. Just make sure that the information you give, right? So there is no stranger of a child. Culture. Yeah. We don't, in, in America, we don't have that. And, and I, I, when you were speaking on this, Obina, it was like us as black people, us as African Americans, like we're looking for culture. We're looking for like who are we? Because all of that was taken from us. Right. And so in the midst of our students in the schools, I, it, it's so disheartening to see the number of kids who aren't in class, who aren't doing what they're supposed to do, who aren't pushing themselves. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, can you, can you blame them because they don't know who they are? They just know that they are here to get where they are trying to go, but it's still a little shaky, right? Yeah. So just framing it for them of like, Today is the most important day of your life because you can't redo it. Mm-hmm. Any and everything you do today is going to be a stepping stone or a step back to what tomorrow looks like for you. Mm-hmm. And so making sure that they all know that, making sure that I'm sitting there and I'm being intentional around hearing, why aren't you going to class? Why are we doing this? Why aren't you putting your best foot forward with the assignments that you're submitting? Because your name is all you have, mm-hmm. right? Like your name is it. Yeah. Because we don't have that culture, right? Exactly. Um, and even when you all talked about the household and it being on the families, you have to remember where our generation of parents are at right now, mm-hmm. right? Like they were in that middle generation of going to school and learning who they are. So, yes, they should know it, absolutely. But the opportunities that you all have now, you probably are going to have to pour into your household. It's important that you're in class, that you're asking the questions, that you're using your technology to gain that knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. By way of also saying I would be um, I would be a mess not to say it, Carter G. Woodson, Black History Month was a week, and then it expanded mm-hmm. to a month, right? Y'all know that, bro. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. done. I told y'all that. Now, don't look. She's going to be looking at y'all sideways. <laughs> but, but again, using what we have, because now you can't say you didn't know. That's not an excuse. Exactly. Right? Like... You can't you can't look at someone that looks like you and say they're a stranger because you know where you come from. Right. Like regardless if it was a tribe or anything. Twenty three and me is a thing. Now I don't know. I did take it and I still look at it and I'll be like, oh, really? That's where I'm at. I want to know more. That gives me pride. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are here. We are in America. But like 
America ain't got nothing on where I really come from. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I want to instill that love and level of pride, that level of confidence in us. The world can tell us what we're supposed to be, but all those things change over over months and weeks. Like, uh, what is it, the fashion, all mm-hmm. that, right? Like, that stuff is here and gone. Y'all pulling stuff that I used to wear, and I'll be like, really? <laughs> you know? But, um, but yeah, so just, just ground yourself in who you are. Okay. Right, we mm-hmm. shouldn't disregard yeah. ourselves. Mm-hmm. At all. No, no. Black is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Excellence is black, right? Like, yeah. it is all the things. So, like, um, was that, like, the goal of the D.C. trip? Because I know mm. you and Miss Grayson had planned yes. like the first one. So, yes. you want to speak on that? So, the D.C. trip, honestly, um, you know, Dr. Brown, she said something so monumental. She always got a quote. But she <laughs> said, when you go into things without an agenda, you can't be disappointed. Mm-hmm. And I thought about the D.C. trip, and I was like... I just knew it was a trip. I was chaperoning. I had all these responsibilities because I had a big old like list of kids. Mm-hmm. But like I was like, yo, the the authenticity of the learning, the the tears that kids shed when they walked into that museum, going into that elevator and going down to the first floor, like the the basement, like, oof. Mm-hmm. And we just allowed it to organically be a thing. We made sure it was a learning trip where y'all went with your notebooks and you you reflected and we were intentional around our time of of the depth of what we were receiving. Mm-hmm. And so just allowing it to be organic, but the intentionality around like she is extremely, extremely strategic in what she does. And and it's that's the beauty of her mind and how she works and organizes. Right. And so to see everything come together with the students and living in their truth of this is where I come from, this is my history, this is my culture, and allowing those conversations to happen um, was the most beautiful thing, and that was why I committed myself to doing this work, and I didn't want it to just be isolated to a set of students. Like, our district deserves these experiences Mm -hmm. for our kids. So I want to thank y'all so much for the work you put in, because those are some long hours. Y'all was in the chat like, look, it's (laughs) it's 10 o'clock. Why are we still on this call? (laughs) But this is why. This is why, right? Like, it feels good. It's prideful to be able to say, I did that. Right, so I'm proud of y'all. Very proud. And I also wanted to say, like, about you being in the South where you said all the teachers were black, like everybody, it was like a family. Most of them, most yeah. of them. Mm-hmm. But I like never realized how I was taking like my teachers for granted because when I was growing up, all my teachers were black too. But then I came out here and I was like, wow, it's very different. Like I, this is a very different experience. But you me. only know what you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's the same. Like when I met you, I was like, wow, like this is like the only black teacher that I've had mm-hmm. that's like, really about me too because every other black teacher i've had like i've appreciated them but they weren't like like oh, i'm a right with you kind of person and they weren't like i'm gonna make sure you succeed too so i just like really appreciate that about you thank you thank you thank you miss roberts for being here thank of course you. thank so you for having me mm-hmm. stay tuned everybody for our next segment where we talk about our beautiful culture It's not a surprise that, you know, black culture has, you know, had a big impact on music today that we listen to, Mm -hmm. um, giving birth to what various genres like blues, jazz. I even heard that rock was Mm -hmm. highly inspired by our culture, which I think is really cool because I can get down with some rock music. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I feel like 
Afrobeat is definitely on the rise. Like, I don't know. I be jamming to Afrobeat. I don't Me know about too. y'all. Y'all, I love yeah, Afrobeat. Yeah, started listening to Rema. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's really good. He's up there. Get on the A list. Like, give me like a a glimpse of what you're talking Afrobeats. Afrobeats. So, are we like referring to Rema, Burna Boy, um, what Wizkid? There's a few other mm-hmm. people. I've yeah. heard of that, but I yeah. must be living under a rock because I did not understand <laughs> none of them names. Oh yeah, none of them. Well, not even Burna Boy. No, Wizkid. I have heard, but okay. the other ones, I'm just like really. Mm. Just side eyeing, like, yeah, exactly. sure. We're gonna have to fix that later. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Put me on. <laughs> yeah. My favorite. Send you a playlist. I don't think anything tops that. Rap. Yeah. Okay. okay. I feel like R and B. I don't know. R and B. Exactly. R&B I don't know. Let's get into it. I don't know. <laughs> see, my sisters, they play too much of that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. oh, I like see. a mix. Not too much, like mm-hmm. slow down, but like I like to, you know, speed it up a bit. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, playlist. You know what I mean? All I like over the place. Yeah. Yeah. I went to a Lauren Hill concert mm-hmm. and it healed my soul. Like she is like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I was like, at Erica Badu concert. Oh I felt that way too. Gosh. Yeah. It's I such a like mm-hmm. soul so healing nice. experience. Yeah. You see, I feel like this is what we're missing in like Black History Month, you know, classes or quick slide presentations, like the beautiful people that are like making music or making mm-hmm. art. Like I think that's a time like we exactly. can really address it. Our beautiful yeah. culture. Yes, mm-hmm. beautiful yes. culture. Beautiful culture. Pun intended. <laughs> because if you think about it, people who are like just learning about their culture, imagine you see like a black and white screen of MLK, Martin right. Luther King, mm-hmm. Rosa Parks. <laughs> hey, next year, Martin Luther King. Where's the always the same people? Yeah. Like, same. like, no, don't get me wrong. Like, they're great leaders, but exactly. there's also people alongside them that got them to where they were. You know what I mean? Or even just like radio shows, like right. something like th- those are big back mm-hmm. during the civil rights exactly. movement. It you know got mm-hmm. people together. Yeah, I feel like we should we should go a little bit more into AAVE. Yeah, and I know Mackenzie, you're really <laughs> passionate Gen about Z this because yeah. it Get gets on it. my nerves. Like every time I see something and they're like, "Oh, I just don't understand." Like literally the other day, um, my teacher, my math teacher, put on a podcast for something about business, and she and the lady on the podcast was saying, "Oh yeah." These Gen Z kids, I don't know what they're saying today, like all their slang. And the example she gave was go off, it's giving. What? That eats. Oh like, really? Gosh. As soon as she said that, I was like, I just had to put my head down because I was like, I'm not even. Yeah. Just, I'm not I even. Know. I'm finna do that to y'all today, but hey, just know that's not no Gen Z slang. Right. That's African American like vernacular English. Thank Let's you. Get it yeah, correct. Thank you. Let's it's get it not correct. even slang. Like, right. it's not like we talk like this to have fun. Mm-hmm. Like, this is how we talk. This right. is who we are. Exactly. Yeah. And I hate that it's starting to get hated on, too. They're yeah. saying that it's annoying and all of that. And I'm like, that's yeah. because people are open using it. And they don't, right. use it. Yeah. Right. they don't know how to use it. They don't know how to use it. And yes. it's just like, it just, it's so infuriating. You got to into it you know? exactly we, we have it naturally so how mm-hmm. we have it right like you don't gotta say it every sentence you don't gotta say oh that that eats every sentence you don't have to say slay like <laughs> when they're like it. when they're just like slay randomly i'm like please be serious right now yeah please be so serious right now this slaps like who says that? like oh, who this says food that? is bussing this food is bussing like, like that one i'm gonna cry right now <laughs> right you can be comfortable me, like i was at work one time calling orders yes i work at mcdonald's <laughs> yay make the money get your bag right. of course. get that bag um so i was calling orders and then this guy came he's like oh this is my food he got a 20 piece nugget 
that's okay, I guess. Um, and he was like, yo, this is gas. I'm like, you're from Ohio. You don't know nothing about gas. Like, respectfully. You're from Saying that McDonald's is gas. I'm like, no, but I remember I was looking at our notes when we were, you know, coming up with this amazing episode we're, you know, in the process of doing right now. And then I saw something that you said. You were saying how the lack of education about black history is why people feel like we're gatekeeping our culture when we try to claim it. I thought that was really interesting. Do you want to elaborate on that? I feel like when you bring up black history, like people only know the bad stuff. So it feels like Mm -hmm. we're complaining or like, right. And I don't like other cultures don't know how to appreciate our culture because we went through so much suffrage. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So it automatically feels like an attack when we're talking, like even just to a white person about our history. Right. Right. So like, you know, it's easy for yeah. them to feel vilified and like, yeah. Yeah. and then and then they say we're like victimizing ourselves. Like, like no, we we're just exactly. we're stating what we went through, and you need right. to understand that that's like, a part of us. So you don't understand that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, I feel like black culture is now seen as American culture. Yes, it's, it's because like you, you know what I thank mean. You. Let's actually talk about that. Let's do it. Let's talk about it. I feel like, oh my gosh, get okay. into it, Tiana. I'm ready. <laughs> I just feel like. Black culture mm-hmm. was from the roots, from the roots. And now that like our newer generation, we're so comfortable with our culture now that different cultures that are not black cultures think it's hmm. like it's a problem. It's no, like not a problem, but they're comfortable too. with doing yeah. it as well. Like right. if I'm wearing box braids or I'm if I have my hair in locks or whatever, why do you think that? It's okay to be in box race. Do you know well. why though? Mm. I know why. Tell me. Because they, they grew up around black people, you guys. Mm. It's right. not, it's their not fault. even only that. Come on, they'll no, just they see it on TV. Right. Like, oh, that's <laughs> cute. I want to do that. I think the only problem with that is because when people often like join our culture, they still they don't join the people. Like mm. yeah. So that they want to take our culture, but not. Stand, stand with the yes. people right. Right. Yes. Us alongside us mm-hmm. right even though they were discriminating and we couldn't wear it at jobs mm-hmm. which is why i met the lady i forget her first name but her last name's harriet and she passed the crown act so that we can feel comfortable with filling and going into a job to get the job mm-hmm. while we still look the part and mm-hmm. comfortable in our own skin right we Definitely. still have our protective mm-hmm. style exactly. and we're ready to go. like right. why can't i just do the work looking like this right. right yeah and i was thinking about the crown act the other day because my friend was telling me how his dad said that uh, if you have like long hair as a black man you probably like you can't get a job or you mm-hmm. won't have like good job opportunities Pardon like me? Yeah, I was, was like, like, what do you mean? Like, long hair? I was like, what do you mean? Devon, I guess you have to pack it up and yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can't be here. Like, cutting, like, their dreads off or, like, having to shave their afros off. And I just feel like, why do that's we so have to do that? Yeah. Right. But that's, like, that. something as little as hair is getting the way of someone doing their job. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine getting a degree in a field and you can't go to work because your hair is not right. Right. Like, it makes like, no sense. Mm. Like, my hair is not bothering nobody like if it's not you, bothering me why yes. is it bothering you exactly. right i'm comfortable and you're uncomfortable so who's really who's <laughs> who's in the wrong right here? like who's really the problem mm-hmm. and it kind of goes like back to like stereotypes because you know all you know like all this hate it continues on forward and especially mm-hmm. if it's passed down or it's in the you know it you know in you know it depends on like where you're from because right. you know these stereotypes you think oh, oh it's just 
in my community is okay. And then you start bringing that to other communities like find out, oh shoot, that was wrong. Yeah. Right. And people, instead of going to that, they're like, hey, I, 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 this is just who I am. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. you've been taught something that you shouldn't have been, right. but you think it, but instead of reflecting, you kind of starting to go a different path yeah. now. Right. They try to right. force you yeah. to do it mm-hmm. differently when they need to change. Exactly. Like, and speaking of stereotypes, like the stereotype that black hair is just dirty or unkempt gets oh, on my nerves too. My like you know how many like comments I would see about under a video of somebody with dreads or somebody with like box braids that they had in for a while. They'd be like, "Your hair is so nasty. Like, how do y'all do that? Like, you don't wash your hair for months. It's so, it must stink. It like." Literally, I had a. What? I remember I was in I Arizona, mm-hmm. and this white girl, like, she was sitting in front of me, and she turned around. I don't know how the conversation started, but mm-hmm. she was friends with the guy next to me, mm-hmm. and she had told me like, I was on my first set of locks, and it was a high top. So you know, <laughs> oh, I know how that goes. Um, she said like, um, she asked me how often I wash my hair, mm-hmm. and like, she said her parents had told like her like, dreads were dirty and this this that wow. and third, and at the time like you know I'm not who I am today so like I kind of just let it slide right because you didn't know Uh, yeah like I didn't Mm -hmm. know to say I grew up with a white mother like I hadn't pushed myself to learn about my culture Mm -hmm. so it was like good for you I let it kind of rub off but like there's not a day I don't think about it like I wish I would have said something Mm -hmm. I think we have a lot of moments like that but I'm glad that we're you know getting older and educating ourselves on like what's okay and what's not okay like Yeah. yeah and like you guys do have locks like I've heard that people take offense to when people say dreadlocks. Is yeah, that true? Yeah, I've heard about that too. Because um, it's like well, something were... wrong because it's like dreadful mm-hmm. about it. So people sometimes just prefer locks. I just wanted clarification Yeah, what do you guys that? think about that? Um, personally, I don't feel any kind of way to it. I feel no. like it's been adapted in our culture to where it's a positive thing. Like, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Everybody knows when I say dreads, like I'm talking about, like nobody takes negative offense. Mm-hmm. And, like right. most people want dreads, so it's not like... Right. Even yeah. people outside of our culture want dreads. Yeah. Like, I've seen them. But I don't really have a, like, a preference or anything. I say both. I say lock mm-hmm. or dreads. Like, and I just feel like I've heard the dreadful thing, too. Mm-hmm. Like, my aunt used to tell me, like, don't call them dreads. They're not dreadful or anything like that. I never really, like, when somebody would call my dreads dreads, I'd be like, I'm not really bothered by it. Oh, like people yeah. would be like, "Well, I didn't mean to call them dreads." I'm like, "It's fine. Like oh. they're locks. They're dreads." Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, okay. <laughs> like it's cool. <laughs> and then nobody says lockhead. Like you're not a lockhead. That's weird. I'm a dreadhead. I've never yeah. heard it. Actually. Right. I'm a dreadhead. So I don't know. Like just, lockhead just sounds like it's meant for something else. It, it depends yeah. on the type of person. Yeah. 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 Where they're from. Mm-hmm. Okay. I feel like that same way with like afros. I love to wear my afro. Like mm-hmm. that is my thing. And in middle school it took me so long to feel comfortable wearing my froze till i moved to colorado because i used to live in texas and i used to live in california so Mm -hmm. in california being the only black girl at a mostly hispanic and white school was so difficult because Mm -hmm. i didn't know anything about my culture at all and so Mm -hmm. when i came to colorado and i saw all these beautiful black women wearing <laughs> yeah. their fros and wearing their hairs in, bra- in braids and everything and I was like oh my gosh like and that's when I started educating myself and I was like I don't feel ashamed about wearing my fro or getting my hair done because 
I love it and it makes me look good and it makes me feel good to get my hair done and everything. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. Right. The saying look good, feel good. Yeah. Yes. That glow after you get your hair done though. It's I know you guys feel great. it too. Like, yeah. yeah. I know y'all feel it too. Right. Don't play with it. Thank you guys all for joining us today and be sure to check us out on Apple, Spotify, or just say, Hey Alexa, play the new episode of black, Vo- of the black voice and color podcast. Mm-hmm. Bye y'all. Bye. Toodaloo. <laughs> <laughs>